0: Hi, I'm Notre Dame safety Kyle Hamilton, and you're listening to Single High, a Notre Dame football podcast from UHND.com, the official home of the Kyle Hamilton fan club. Here are your hosts, Frank Vitovich and Greg Flemont. Welcome, everybody to the not-so-post-game edition of the Single High Notre Dame Football Podcast from uh from uh hnd.com. I am your host Frank Fotović joined as always Hi. by my co-host Greg Flamong, the president of the Kyle Hamilton uh, fan club who after yesterday his uh his lofty position as the president uh holds a little bit uh a little bit more weight. Greg uh how are we doing tonight? Uh we are one to. Um we are. That it is, is true. true
1: Kyle Kyle did do something that has lifted his national um spotlight a little bit brighter. Um he was awesome. As for the rest of it, I don't I don't know if we'd call it awesome, but
0: nope, it's not a what word I would use. I would not use a, a, there's a lot of words a lot of words come to my mind right now awesome is far down on the list of uh of superlatives from what we saw in <laughs> uh, in tallahassee you know last night and man i gotta well one also just to let our, our viewers know we're recording very late on the uh on the east coast here sunday sunday night so sadly No beers for me uh, for me today. I had plenty of those, uh, you know, during uh, during the game, more in the second half when uh, they were needed. But uh, tonight, I am actually being fueled by Coca Cola with coffee. Not a sponsor of the podcast, however, Coke. If you're listening, I do quite enjoy this stuff. So uh, hey, we're always looking for new sponsors or any or any any too, but. Oh man, where to where to begin? You know what? Do you want to just talk about Kyle Hamilton's second interception for an hour? Because I could. Because uh, uh, other than that, um, I shouldn't say that there 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 were positives in that. Uh, you know, in that no, game there game
1: were game there were a lot. There were there were a lot of positives.
0: And I think uh, I think you know I you know I told Greg this as we were we were getting ready to 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 start recording. Uh, you know, I have, I didn't have not had a chance really to listen to whole lot of other podcasts you know today or you know following you know following the game uh life uh you know as i mentioned a couple pods ago coming at me coming at me fast so i was on some nursery duty you know today after i got the site uh updated you know up the you know updated this morning so I'm not quite sure you know what all has been you know has been said but i'll start with some of my thoughts and then maybe we just you know we take it from there but um You know, for about, what, uh, 40 or so minutes. Am I doing the math in my head right? I think so. Uh, Yeah, about 40 or so minutes of that game. It it played out exactly how I thought. uh, And it played out exactly kind of how you and I, you know, when we were discussing the pregame, kind of, you know, exactly what I said I thought we would see. We'd see some defensive breakdowns. We'd see some sloppiness. The game would be too close for all of our likings for a while. Notre Dame would eventually pull away. And when Notre Dame went up 38 to 20, you know, I was like, OK, I'm going to go get a really good beer now and just enjoy the rest of this game because this is exactly, you know, what I thought. I actually, you know, I was texting with my dad throughout and he was getting nervous. I'm not going to lie and say there wasn't a point when, uh, you know, when Florida State took the uh, the 20 to 17 Lead that I didn't start to to get nervous then already, but uh, when we were up 38-20 I texted him and just said, "See what I tell you, Dad." You know, uh, this is exactly exactly like I thought. Um, and then that all just like changed in a in a in a hurry, and we were treated to I'm just gonna say it some Brian Van goiter esque level defense in the fourth quarter, which I'm just not used to seeing. At Notre Dame after the last uh, after the last four years, and that game that game got way 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 too close. Obviously, I mean overtime was way too close. Uh, a ten point victory should have been too close for uh, the difference in talent and just in general where that game was with about whatever it was five you know four or five minutes to go. And, uh, you know, in, in in the third quarter after Chris Tyree's touchdown, you know, put Notre Dame up, uh, put Notre Dame up 18. You know, that's a that is a scenario where the last couple of years we've grown accustomed to Notre Dame, you know, just putting the game away at that point. Up 18. All right. Defense takes over. Second half. Clark Lee's defense, you know, has been was, I should say, phenomenal last couple of years. Is that you know if you were to, if you needed to get a lead on Notre Dame or you needed to score you needed to do it in the first half because you knew Clark Lee was going to come out in the second half he's going to go into his little lab in the locker room he's going to make his adjustments and you weren't going to do much and we saw the exact opposite of that against Florida State we saw a Notre Dame defense that was attacking and causing havoc uh, primarily out of a four man front decide, hey, we're gonna switch to a three-man front, which on the surface I kind of get. You know, when you go up 18, it's like, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna drop more back because they have to pass. The only problem was nobody told Florida State they had a pass. And Florida State just started gashing the Notre Dame defense in the fourth quarter. And it just it didn't stop. And you know, Greg McElroy on the coverage kept saying, why why is Notre Dame not adjusting? Florida State clearly has adjusted. They're finding success running. And Notre Dame is just continuing to do you know, what they've been doing, which hasn't worked since the early, early third quarter. And then we went to overtime. And, and there's a lot more that we could talk about. Uh, you know, we <laughs> that we're going to talk about, you know, between the officials, which were an absolute nightmare. Um, and obviously the positives of Notre Dame's offense, but to me, the big, big, big takeaway out of this and the one thing, one concerning thing, major concerning thing, I should say that I saw out of that game last night that I did not expect to see was the Notre Dame defense on its heels in the fourth quarter after getting a big lead. I just that that it legit shocked me. Nothing else that we saw in that game, you know, good or bad, really, I should say, shocked me. Even the terrible ACC officials and replay and replay replay crew. I'm used to that. You know, we're, we're especially in that stadium. We're used to the, the ACC officials not doing Notre Dame, uh, you know, any, you know, any favors. But, you know, some of the other stuff we saw, you know, some of the sloppiness with the offensive line, the miscues. Uh, you know, some missed passes, some off timing, uh, you know all of those kind of things not you know, not great, but also not concerning as you see in an opener. Mm. Uh, you know, the drops by Michael Mayer, I should you know maybe that should be something I, I add to my list of things that surprised me because I was I was legitimately surprised that Mayer had those two really bad drops. but you know he's a sophomore. he had a hell of a game. otherwise, uh, <laughs> hopefully that's the last time we see him turn his head upfield. Uh, before he, before he secures the ball, but, um, especially when he's already got the first down or he's already right. gotten Notre Dame in, in, field goal range, like with, uh, you know, with that one at the end of the end of the fourth quarter. But yeah, man, I, you know, it, there was a ton of hype around Marcus Freeman all off season. Uh, and you know he, you know, rightfully so, you know, he was killing it on recruiting. He was killing it on the speaker circuit, he was winning everybody over, you know, he was winning the hearts and minds of Notre Dame fans. But uh, if there's anybody who's going to learn it, he is not in Cincinnati anymore. It is, uh, it's Marcus Freeman, because he's about to, uh, he's about to be second-guessed a lot this week. Um, and rightfully so. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's one game. But that's not, that was not a great start to the Marcus Freeman era. In, uh, you know, at, uh at, at, at Notre Dame, especially considering the kind of defense we've seen played by this team over the last three years, four years. Let's throw the Elko year in there, too, because the right. defense was good under Elko. I haven't it's it was the last time I saw a Notre Dame defense, uh, you know, even against I, Notre Dame's defense wasn't even on its heels to the extent that we saw last night in the fourth quarter at, almost at any point to Alabama in the Rose Bowl. You know the, you know what the last time actually again thinking about this you know out, out loud as we're, we're talking the last time it was that second quarter blitz from Clemson Cotton Bowl is the last time I really remember seeing you know just Notre Dame's defense just blink and all of a sudden there was you know 20 points uh 20 points on the board but I mean those are my big you know big uh, the the biggest takeaway you know for you know for for me at least and is now <laughs> To me, the biggest question mark moving forward for this team and what kind of ceiling it's going to have is was that first game jitters was Freeman. Did Freeman you know get too cute when he got up 18 to experiment with things and it backfired and then he couldn't get, you know, couldn't get back to what was working. I don't know. But that that to me now becomes the biggest uh, the biggest question, Uh, because even the offensive line, not great. Obviously, you know, but 65 rushing yards is not not what we are, you know, we're we're accustomed to, again, as Notre Dame fans over the last few years. But the offensive line struggles, I expected to an extent, throw in losing one of your starters or, you know, about halfway through halfway through the game and having to insert, you know, somebody else who has never played really, uh, you know, on the road and, and what did become a hostile environment and the struggle of the offensive line didn't surprise me and i'll say not overly concerning yet to me um you know relative to relative to the defense but that's my high level take greg and i know you said uh you you've you've done a few pods already um and kind of wanted to hear my my overall takeaway but that 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 that's it when uh you know based or not not all that i have but uh you know from the coming out of the gates that was the that, that was my main thoughts on uh on just what we saw last night
1: okay um let me let <laughs> me talk you down a little bit yeah um I, it's not that i disagree with really kind of any of that it's just yeah. like there's another way to look at it or just like some perspective context i suppose yeah. um for one just for i guess clarity like bama shredded us in the beginning like they were i think in the first half they averaged 10 yards of play in the first half like they were they didn't they in the first couple of drives they didn't even have a third down so that it was go back and watch if you want it was a shredding (laughs) so um there's that and the other thing is is i was i was thinking about it last night because like you and even at points today like i was very concerned with what was going on with the defense. and I do think it's important to kind of think about it in terms of like because i the 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 piece I wrote for for us for our site today was basically like it was two games. It was the the pre thirty eight to twenty when it got to that point, and then it was the post because. Yeah because everything kind of changed on both sides of the ball really and it was very weird to 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 watch and i think i think you kind of hit on it it was very like um like what am i what am i watching right like because 38 20 you're just you're just accustomed to that that's it right like that's kind of it like you know they're like normally the the adjustments have been made kind of and it's like okay like they can't come up with anything anymore like whatever they were going to try they're they're done mm-hmm. and they're not going to get anything on us um so to watch the 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 offense for the opponent find something so late in the game and that we didn't have a response to and especially when it was clearly why are we in this front, right? Like why, why do we continue to have three down with these two linebackers? Like we're sitting there five in the box and they're just running the same formation and the same base of plays like over yeah. and over again. Like we need to get out of this. And, you know, I, you mentioned, you know, the, the 2016 game, like BVG and all that stuff. And, and for me, the difference is, is like, BVG would have come out in that. They would have started the game in that defense. And then the whole game would have happened with them in that defense. And they would have just – in Florida State would have just completely destroyed – like Texas did. Like that's what happened. And so for me, it's important to just kind of like, no, like this wasn't the plan. Like this wasn't the game plan. Like they came out. Florida State couldn't do anything. I mean it was literally – it was literally those two plays. I mean, yeah. prior, to, prior to at the 20 point, like 38-20, you know, at the end of the third quarter, Florida State had 299 yards of offense and 150 that were the long run yeah. and the long pass. And all the other, so that's like those two plays, and then they had forty six other plays that were averaging like two yards, two and a half yards a play. So whatever they were doing, like Florida State was stifled. I mean, they were they couldn't really do anything. That's why it's like, oh, okay, like the the big play stuff like that happened, and that's good for them. But now it's kind of over with. And so then for them to for them for Notre Dame to then switch to a defense that completely put them at a disadvantage was um, like discombobulating. Like, like it was disorienting. Like, I don't understand what's going on here. Um, But then it's like, I was looking at the game from last year that we played against them. Florida state, they put up 26 points on us. Mm -hmm. And it was about the same total yards. And it was about the same yards per play right? So this year they ended up at 5.9. Last year they ended up at 5.7. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's a Clark Lee defense. And, and the thing about that is, you know, it's 38-20. And we've got a couple, I think there were maybe, there was at least one fourth down. It was a very long drive that Florida State, you know, scored on to make it 38-28. Yeah. Well, It's 42-26 last year, with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, and Florida State has the ball, third and goal at the five. And instead of scoring a touchdown, they throw an interception, and for all intents and purposes, that ends the game, right? Well, that didn't happen this year. Like we could have, if we just get a stop on fourth down, then that's it, and it's it's all over, and we don't really have any concern, because we at the whole fourth quarter we were one stop or one score away from ending it and we didn't get either, but that's kind of like the difference. But the overall theme is that Mike Norvell was able to move the ball on us twice. So that makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah. Um. It's it's not to say that I'm like not concerned at all and no one should be concerned. Like I think we should be concerned because we were in a defense that was clearly not working for four straight drives. So, you know, that, that is, it's just like, it didn't feel good. It didn't look good. And, you know, when we, we were on offense and it's like, we, we better, we got to think about scoring because if we don't score the, I have no faith that we're going to stop them. And that was a very weird feeling. Yep. Like I was, I texted a friend of mine, like at 38, 35, when we uh we didn't – when Cone missed Mayer on that second and short on that throw, it was like a little out route, and he missed him. Yeah. And then he takes a sack. I, I texted, like, we're going to lose because we, we can't stop him. Like, yeah. it was and, – and thank God they, they fumbled the snap. I, I really think that – I think they had us, but they fumbled the snap, and then they had to kick the field goal to tie. I, I just feel very strongly they would have converted that third and seven. And so – you know that was a break that we got and then obviously you know there was shenanigans in overtime with the referees yeah. and we could talk about them but
0: well hey there were shenanigans before i mean no totally I, totally I, I i've watched the replay since you brought up the fumbled snap that ball was clearly still within the tackle box and milton picked it up and just chucked it and i don't i don't understand how that was not intentional grab well he
1: had it. a receiver
0: did it land? I didn't see the ball. I mean, they didn't shoot. Did the ball actually landed near a receiver. He th-
1: no, but he threw it like over the head of a receiver. So they'll get they'll give him that. Oh. Like that to me, that was not the egregious one. The I mean, one over time the egregious, was egregious,
0: but I I mean I guess maybe he just knew where the guy was gonna be, but he literally he picked that up and chucked it. Like yeah, that yeah was, for sure. Um, so that one was annoying. Uh, the second one however, was just I still can't believe that the call went the way that it did And what shocked me about that call too, the incomplete pass that clearly looked like a fumble was that the the broadcast crew on ABC was like, oh yeah, that's an incomplete pass I'm like, how is that no that was not an incomplete pass. Um, but that sequence in general, was just amazing um, to see them rule it, rule at the fumble, their kicker, nail the 50 yarder before, you know, the challenge, whatever, was, you know, fully, fully relayed in only to miss the shorter. Uh, I forget. What was the, the attempt? It was it wasn't that long. Was it thirty nine? I forget the exact yard. The Is second one? one, it yeah, was I want to say it was thirty seven. OK, I knew it was, I knew it was under 40. Um, so that was just that was hilarious um, to, to, to see that happen, um, that Norvell iced his own kicker, basically. So thank you, Mike Norvell, for for giving us a little help there at the at the, <laughs> at the at the end. But I agree, man, it was it was like an almost helpless feeling. And it's been a feeling that we haven't had as Notre Dame fans in a few years. Of uh, it, it was it was such a 2016 feeling because there were I what was the game Oh you know it was the um, uh, the Virginia Tech game in 2000 and uh, 2016. Uh, a good friend of mine is a Virginia Tech alum, so obviously was you know was texting me you know throughout that and even in the beginning when we were up I think we were up 17 nothing and. He starts texting me like, this is, oh, man, I can't believe Tech isn't showing up, blah, 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 you know, all this. Basically, the equivalent of what I tweet when Notre Dame falls down a lot is what he was texting me. So I was like, you know what? 17 points is not a safe lead for this team in 2016. And then, that you know, Virginia Tech just starts scoring. And you're like, oh, you get that helpless feeling where to your your point, you just feel like Notre Dame is not going to stop them. And that was the, the feeling uh, in the fourth quarter, and I mean, luckily we did escape with the, you know, with the with, with the win. And escape is, I mean, the most apropos word I could think of, you know, to describe, you know, that that game last night. But it's just, the mind-boggling thing is that we had a defense that was causing problems, right? We had five sacks. I think, uh, Foskey had two by himself. And I think as a team, we had five, had three interceptions, you know, two by Kyle, one by uh, Clarence Lewis and, you know, Jordan Travis was not comfortable like at all in the pocket. Mm. And after the second pick for, you know, from, from Hamilton, he had to be wondering, like the look on his face, like I felt, I, I was so relatable to to Jordan Travis. The look on his face was just like, "What? How?" <laughs> right? He just had that look. He's like, "Like, where I don't even how did this where did he come? you know, like cuz that's what I was saying when I saw the replay of Kyle Hamilton's second interception. I was just like, "I can't believe what I just saw." Like that I can't believe where he started and where he how he ended up you know, with uh you know with the, with the football. But Travis was not comfortable at all. He was he was looking, you know, rattled, uh, and it's just to see us. I don't know if it was what again. I don't know. Freeman decided, okay, well, we're up eighteen, so I'm gonna go three man, and I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna we're gonna just play it safe. Which I don't. I mean, that to me goes against almost everything that we've heard marcus freeman say about how he wants to play defense of being aggressive so i don't know that that's it but it was so weird uh just to see to see that happen and it wasn't even just the fact that it was three man. the one play that i really did not like that reminded me again of some really bad defensive coordinators that we've had in the past was uh it was the third and goal where was it from the seven or eight um let me see. I think it was from like the seven, uh, the seven or eight. Now it's the one. I'm gonna look it up right here. And yeah, third and goal at the eight. And uh, Freeman called, you know, the jailbreak blitz and just sent everybody. And which, you know, again, the pressure was get the pressure was getting there without doing that. And you have a kid who is pretty athletic and can make plays, who at no point in the night proved to you that, Hey, he could hit an eight yard completion in a condensed field. You know, he had the bomb early, but again, that was, that was a guy streaking downfield that got behind coverage. Boom, hit him. Okay, great. There was nothing that Jordan Travis was showing us all night that suggested, you know, third and eight, uh, third and goal from the eight was a down and distance that he was going to be comfortable with. If you, Uh, You know, if you if you didn't bring the house and if you just played like a base defense and forced him to try to find a window, um, that just wasn't he didn't show us that at all. So then when you send the seven or however many we sent and he makes one or two guys miss and all of a sudden he's dancing around and then boom, you know, open receiver because, uh, you know, now there was there was breakdowns in coverage. I did not like that. I tweeted it It, again. It is much uh, probably a stretch. Um, in in the moment. But it did, it was a little tanuta esque where you would be like, Why did you blitz there? You didn't you you didn't need to. Um, and that that was um that was just a, a play. I just didn't again I didn't I didn't like it then. I still don't, you know, in, in retrospect. And that was that was it was from 38, that made it 38, 28 after they uh they scored and made the two-point conversion. So a lot of just Odd decisions by by Marcus Freeman there in the final twenty plus uh, twenty plus minutes of that game. I
1: actually didn't mind heating him up. Um, it's it, to me, it's like like I I, I see your point. Like it, yeah. it is true. Like I don't I, like is Jordan Travis really gonna like stand in the pocket and you know pick out someone? Let's say like a four man rush or three man rush. The only thing I would say to that is. If he's going to scramble around and buy time, then you kind of have the same situation where you're covering for a long time, and he can yeah. scramble and make a play. So it's like to me, they had a free blitzer, and Devin, but I'm Devin Butler, um, DJ Brown just didn't get to him. Mm. So it's like he's free, and it's like he he comes free, and he just misses him, and then you know someone gets overruns it on the backside. And then Foskey is even still waiting there, which I don't – just looking at the play itself, I, I don't know why Foskey dropped out. I don't know if that was a mistake or what. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not totally sure. Maybe that's just part of it, right? Like like it's a, it's almost like a robber where everyone blitzes, but he drops into the flat. So the quarterback thinks, yeah. oh, I have a hot to the field, and he tries to throw a slant in Fosky's center right there. But anyway, so he scrambles away. And Fosky's sitting there waiting for him. And, you know, I, I feel bad for Cam Hart because the receiver is on the, ba- on the back side of the play, so they're rolling out away from him. And the receiver on the back side of the play doesn't have a route. And then the receiver sees Travis roll to him, and he just makes up a route to run. And that's really hard to cover because – like the receiver can just kind of pick, oh, I'm going to do this based on how you cover me. So he runs up like he's going to run a like a like a almost a, a fade. Mm. And so Cam Hart like kind of runs to the up, upfield shoulder and then he just breaks off the route. And it's like normally if you have a route called, you're not going to do something like that because you're you you have to run the play because that's what the quarterback thinks. But he doesn't know. So he breaks inside of him. Cam Hart, you know, almost recovers in time, but he doesn't. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I guess to your point, I, I, or to the point of just, like, why were they running this defense? Like, I feel like there was – I think there was a train of thought where, where like, we don't want to give up any long plays anymore. Like, we're done with that, so let's play a little bit more conservative, which, okay, maybe I don't love it, right? And I obviously don't love it in hindsight, but if you're going to do that, then – once they get past the 50, you got to stop. Yep. Like you got to stop doing that cuz they need touchdowns, right? So just you got you, you can't just be, right? Well, this is what we're going to do all the way down the field cuz like I I didn't understand like what they were ch- trying to take away. What are you mm. taking away from the offense? Like I didn't understand. It didn't make yeah. any like it makes no sense. Like I even even with the explanation of like we didn't we wanted to get conservative we didn't want to give up big plays it's like okay did, there, there can't be complete capitulation up front yep you know like like clark lee was a conservative quote unquote he ran a co- conservative defense right to guard against big plays well, he didn't sit there with three down linemen and two yeah. linebackers. Like, he didn't do that. That's so, what was crazy.
0: It's yeah, so opposite so I, of everything we've heard
1: about Freeman's you, you just You just don't need to do that. Like, so that that was the thing that I didn't – it didn't make sense. Like, even given what they might have been trying.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, But, I mean, it's, you know, it's one under the bridge at this point. I mean, look, it's – it's, it's always good to have a learning experience where you end up with a win because now hopefully you look at it and say, well, we're not going to do that again, you yeah. know? And so it was something they tried. It wasn't something that it was in the game plan because like early Florida State had nothing for them. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah, but it was it was very just disorienting like all the way around on defense anyway at the end.
0: Yeah, it was, and it was, yeah, again, thankfully we hold on because, man, uh, if you, losing that game would have just been, that would have, I don't know, it would have, I mean, obviously, you know, that goes, you know, quite a bit, um, there would, you know, season, I don't say would be, you know, lost at that point, but if you do lose that game, I mean, you are looking at... uh, you are looking at a much different season, I think, uh, because then you, you know, you have the you have the risk of that compounding, um, you know, down the, you know, down the road. But hey, we won. It It is a win. Notre Dame is 1-0. Uh, you know, we, lo- we lost. We won by three points, you know, on the road at Florida State. Number two team in the country, you know, held on for dear life and won by five at home against, uh, against Tulane. So we weren't the only team that struggled. Uh, that shouldn't be, again, our standard. That shouldn't be, you know, how we, how we judge it. But, uh, you know, we weren't the only team that did, uh, that, uh, that, that struggled this week. But, um, you know what, we talked a lot about so far. We're already probably halfway in or however long we're going to end up talking here about what we didn't like. Uh, there was a lot to like in this game, those two. So, and we'll start with, uh, with Mr. Jack Cohn who he, he missed a couple here and there but i mean overall you look at his night of 366 yards you know four touchdowns the one interception there on the Hail Mary um and i mean he he left a lot of yards you know not just him he left yards on the on the on the on the uh, you know on the field mayor had the two big drops that left uh you know that that killed drives and, and left yards on the field. He had a couple looked like he his timing I don't think is still quite there with uh you know with all the receivers, which makes sense. But um I joked actually that you know he only missed Lindsey on that uh on that bomb attempt because he's just not used to throwing a receivers that fast <laughs> at, at Wisconsin. And but um I mean overall I think you know that w- we we got Everything good that we thought we would get out of, out of out of Jack Cohn, and you know, with the you know with the I, I would say the 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 flip being, we also saw you know the limitations that we know that he does have. If that you know we we don't have Ian Book in the uh in in the pocket to escape uh you know when uh, when things start to break down. But uh, I mean, I'll take 366 and four touchdowns. Uh, you know, any day, um, especially when he's dropping dimes like the one that he threw to my boy, Kevin Austin, who started slow, but showed his showed the glimpses, um, you know, outside too of the of that touchdown. The one that he had, I think it was it was it the, or the drive before or yeah was it the drive before maybe it's drive after where he did that little like uh sidestep and just made the Florida State Defender fall over was yeah. incredible um so I think on the offense you see I at least from you know from my perspective we saw you know the the good of the passing game come through and we saw the bad uh, you know of the of the offensive line come through but again we ex. I mean, I don't know that I expected the offensive line to struggle as much as they did, but I just expected them to struggle. You know, four new starters, or at least you know, four new, um, you know, full-time full-time starters. A couple of them had a couple starts under their belt, uh, you know, previously. But anytime you have that, you know, at the offensive line needs to play needs to play in live games together to get that consistency. So I think that will come. We're not going to have the same dominant offensive line that we had a year ago, but again, I think we all knew that coming in. When you lose four to the NFL, you know that's tough to, tough to replace. Um, but yeah, overall, I think the offensive line uh, not great, not great at all. But I think that is going, you know, is going to uh, to get better. Um, and like I said, the, the injury to Fisher just you know, didn't, you know, made, it only made matters worse. Like the line was already kind of struggling. Then now you take out one of the guys who's been practicing all summer as a starter out, out of the, out of the equation and put somebody new in who, you know, who's practiced, but, you know, hasn't played in a game. And it, the, those shouldn't, nobody should be, should be totally shocked with what we, what we, what we saw there. Um, and I think Florida state, you know, knew Notre Dame's, um, uh, yeah, the success Notre Dame had running the ball on them last year and said, you're not going to do that this year, beat us, you know, over the top. And Jack Cohn said, okay, I will. And, uh, you know, and he did.
1: Yeah. I'll start on Cone. Um, yep. I think it, it, it went how it needs to go if it's going to work with Jack Cone, yep. um, which is obviously to his credit, right? Like you, he has to make plays with his arm because he's not going to make plays with his legs. And it was like super – it's so, like, again, disorienting to have any quarterback back there who's not going to move around. I mean, we haven't had one since Tommy Reese in 2013. Everyone since Touchdown, then – Touchdown, Tommy. That's right. Everyone since then has been mobile. Yeah. Um. So it's it's strange to see that. But at the same time, like, look – you have a one-on-one shot with um Kevin Austin which is a called play right so if you watch like everyone's blocking Austin's running a streak it's third and one they don't get this ball they're probably just gonna run it go for it on fourth down they're gonna run so it's a called play right so it's a streak and it's a perfect ball it's just a perfect throw and Mm -hmm. that's what you need and then the the jump ball to uh, to Joe Wilkins again, like giving this guy a chance. And it's it's funny, like even I made this mistake, but like <laughs> everyone's like, this is a, like that's a pass that Ian Book would not throw. It's like in the opener last year, he threw like who he, he wouldn't give a jump ball to like someone like Joe Wilkins. It's like in the opener last year, he gave a jump ball to Avery Davis against.
0: Duke that's Book. true. <laughs>
1: like just like it's true, but he he didn't do it often. Right, but it's, like, it's the it, it's in the opener he did it, right? Like, I don't know how often Jack eh. Cohn's going to do it, you know? So, and then, like, he didn't throw any jump balls to Kevin Austin last year because he wasn't on the team
0: yeah.
1: um, or he didn't get to play. So, it, it doesn't matter. I, I'm not trying to get into that conversation. The point is, is, like, Jack Cone, that's what you have to do. You have to be accurate. You have to know where you're going with the ball, and he did. And, you know, it, he he made like he missed one throw like in a key spot. There was another third down like he got bumped by Kyron when he is about to yeah. throw it and he threw in the dirt. This was on the second uh, drive of the game. Um, but beyond that, like, look, it's it's what you want, right? And it's what they need. More importantly, it's like because of the type of quarterback that he is. So he played exactly like they need him to play. Yes. Um, as for the line, I'm. I'm always going to be more optimistic about them than I think the average person. Um, Like, so if the average person is like reasonable in the middle, right. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is, I think where you are, I think you're, I think you're more reasonable in the middle. Mm -hmm. I'm always going to skew a little bit more optimistic than that, but mostly because I think they went through this to start 2018 as well when they there was a bunch of turnover on the line. Yeah. You know the first game, I mean the first game against Michigan, I think everyone knew that was going to be tough. Um just with those defense ends, right? Like everyone knew Rashawn Gary was good and uh what's the the long-haired guy, what I don't Chase Winovich is that his name. Yep. Yeah. So everyone knew they were going to be a problem. And that was kind of like a revolving door into the backfield pretty much all the time. Um but then like they couldn't they couldn't run the ball against like Ball State. Right? Yeah. So you go up against Ball State. And this is with Ian Book. I mean, up with Brandon, okay? Against Ball State, 41 carries for 117 yards. 2.8 a carry. Yeah. It, so and then the week after that against Vanderbilt, it's 48 for 245, right? So they started slow and then they did a lot better. And then from then on, they were they were a pretty good running team. And so that's on the on the running side of it, right? Like I'm not going to freak out over this. And and I know this is not you, so I'm not including you mm-hmm. in this, but a lot of people are just very ready to be like, see, Jeff Quinn, he doesn't know what he's doing. Like yeah. We watched a lot of football this weekend. I know I did. And there were teams that were straight up, like, not functional as an offensive line. And one of them was Clemson. And I understand that Georgia is, like, obviously, like, a step above, right? Oh, yeah. But at the same time, like, that was not functional. Like, you look at North Carolina's offensive line, not functional, Okay, you look at what Oklahoma did. Like Oklahoma didn't run the ball very well against Tulane, so it's just like it's 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 week one. It's a new line, and by the way, look, we threw the ball a lot, and Jack Cohn he was sacked four times, and it's not like there were a bunch of other pressures though. Cause he's not throwing the ball away. Cause look at his completion percentage. Right. So he's yeah. not just, it's not like he's, he's getting flushed out and his legs saved other sacks. Like, no, that's not what happened. Like if Jack Cohn gets pressured at all, he's going to get sacked. There, there were, there was the, the sack at the beginning of the game where Kane Madden, like passed off the guy directly in yeah. front of him. I that don't know why he did. Yeah. So like, that was like a, like a
0: mental error, I think. Yeah. He was looking to block somebody. Right, right. So, <laughs>
1: like, who are you looking when you block, your guy sacked him. When it happened live, I thought, oh, he just whiffed. Like, that's a big problem. But then when I watched it back today, I was like, oh, he he's passing him off to someone. Now, yeah. he maybe he shouldn't, but that's not physical error. Yeah. And then when Carmody came in for Fisher, he had another one where he got off the snap slow. And for some reason, like, he wasn't ready to block the defensive end directly outside of him. Yep. Which was weird. And so then he kind of ushered him into the quarterback and the quarterback got sacked. So there's two sacks. Beyond that, I I just felt like Cone had time. He it was never like, oh, people are open, but he doesn't have time to get rid of the ball. Like they're just yeah. killing us. Like we threw the ball deep eight like 20 plus passes of eight uh yep. or eight passes of 20 plus yards. That's that's you need time for that, right? And and so I, I just felt like they gave him enough time to do the things that he needed to do, right? Yeah. When, what, what, what the 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 passing game failed, not because the line couldn't block. It failed because Michael Mayer dropped some passes, and yeah. and um. Cohn missed him a couple of times. That, that those were the failures of the passing game. It wasn't because they couldn't block. So to me. It's like, look, if we're gonna be this team with our quarterback who's just gonna kind of stand back there, and and he's gonna distribute to these wide receivers who are really good and our tight end who's really good, then he bare minimum he needs to have time to stand back there, and he, in, in, in my opinion, he did to the tune of 366 yards and four touchdowns. You know, so okay. that's that, that's kind of how I look at it. Is like. Are they completely useless? Or is there something that's like, okay, we're not a good running team right now, but we can pass block. And we can pass block with our the backup to our left tackle, which is super important, right? Because look, the fact that Carmody is good, that means that if anything happens to Fisher, obviously, we're still in a good spot. And if something happens to Lug, we're still in a good spot. So I'm, I'm heartened by that. Like we have a sixth guy who can actually play. So for all these people who are like, oh, he can't, like Jeff Quinn, he can't get guys ready to go. It's like I don't know. Like our 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 left tackle got hurt in the first half of the first game, and the backup came in. He played pretty well. Yeah. So like just not everything has to be like a complete indictment. Just like we don't have to have a complete indictment about Marcus Freeman right now. Yeah. Right? We don't have to. Like it's yeah. just it's the first game and, and things get figured out over the course of the season, just like we saw in 2018 when they went undefeated. So yeah. like it's okay. Like we can be concerned, and there's no problem with that, right? I don't have any problem with someone who's like, I don't know, I'm a little worried about this, because I know that in 2018 there was a lot to be concerned about when you can't run the ball against ball state. Yeah. And you can't pass block against ball state. That was the other problem. Ball State was killing us. We're trying to throw the ball. Yeah. so if it happens again next week, then then we'll talk about it then. Yeah, but it's not the end of the world right now.
0: I agree. Uh, and yeah, yeah, especially if we can't do it against Toledo, um, who did look better than you know better than expected as you you called in our uh, in our game by game preview pod. but um yeah, there's yeah, if if you went into that game, if anybody went into that game, I should say, thinking you're going to see a finished product on the offensive line, and you're going to see, you know, a team that just, you know, comes out and does exactly what it did last year. You were fooling yourself because, and I, and this isn't, you know, us, you know, backpedaling. I think we both said it all summer long and we said it, I've been saying it, you know, in every article I've written, you know, the offensive line is going to take a step back because it's impossible, you know, for it not to, when you lose four guys to the NFL And what we see week one is not going to be what, you know, what we see in week 12. And I think it's, you know, it's where it does. Yeah, to your point where it's time to get concerned is if we can't do it against Toledo or we don't at least look better. Right. I mean, you don't have to be, you know, 95 Nebraska running the ball next week, but we need to run it better than we did this week. And as long as you're doing that, you know, you still got you got Purdue coming up, you know, after that, which will give you which, you know, again, solid team. But not a team, again, that, you know, should give, you know, Notre Dame, you know, that, you know, that should be able to slow Notre Dame down a whole lot. So you got those games to keep getting better before, you know, you get to Wisconsin at the end of the month, who looked terrible in their own right, Uh, you know, to granted. I mean, they were playing Penn State, but and Penn State's a pretty good team. But I mean, man, they looked they did not look good. You know, offensively, Wisconsin looked like a team that could use a quarterback who could throw for 366 yards and four touchdowns uh, on the on the road is what they look like. But uh, you know, I, eh, love it. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I think if anything, not a major major concern. Obviously, not ideal, but uh, you know, what? week one is never usually. Ideal unless you're Alabama and you just, you know, you're a juggernaut and you're playing at like a different level, you know, than, you know, than everybody else. You know, you mentioned Clemson. Look at, look at how far Clemson fell from last year to this year. Yeah. They were playing Georgia. Great team, great defense. Probably one of the best teams and one of the best defenses in the country. But what did they score? Three points? It was, it was just three, right? Wasn't that final three, 10 to three? Three, three points. Yeah. Three points they scored you know uh you know, last, or, uh, you know the, the, this weekend so um and that's with a kid who was a five star quarterback you know coming c- coming out uh entering his sophomore year who got starts you know he started against us and did pretty damn well last year let,
1: so, let me ask you let me ask you what yeah. how many yards did clemson rush for do you think
0: uh i uh, uh, to be honest with you i don't uh, i don't know because i did not i saw parts of that game but um how about uh, if i give you the rushing attempt? I'll give you the rushing attempts. First, yeah.
1: 23 rushing attempts.
0: 45 yards. Two. No. They <laughs> knew it was bad. They um, didn't know it was that bad. How many... They were, what was sack, the sack yardage? they were sacked seven times. Okay. So what was the sack yardage? Uh, 46. Okay.
1: So, yeah, about 50 yards. About 50 yards. That's right. That's so bad. 48. Now rushing, right? So... They, um, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at their rushing offense. We have one for ten, four for seven, four for seven. So I guess DJ Uyongalele. So the running backs
0: yep.
1: were nine for, what is that, twenty-four?
0: Not good. Not good at all. So yeah. Nope. So that's why like, so I'm saying I'm not. I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna get too concerned. I know there's people on Twitter too, like Tommy Reese is terrible. You know what? I thought Tommy called a pretty damn good game. Other than I, I don't, I don't like the Jack Cohn uh, quarterback sneak on what was it, third and five or six. That was that was that uh, was he insane. tried to get too
1: cute. What's that? That was insane.
0: Yeah, that was Tommy Reese. You know, trying to conjure up you know his 2012 quarterback sneak magic against Michigan, uh right there. That was just that was the one bad one where you're like, okay, you you thought too much about this. I get it. Nobody's expecting Jack Cohn to run for this because he's not a runner. So um that but other than that, I mean the deep shots, I loved it. I think you saw also a offensive coordinator smart enough to realize how different of an offense he has and calling the game for the personnel that he has this year, and doing what he you know what he needed to do. I loved the screen and the execution of the screen to uh, you know to Kyron Williams there. Um,
1: that was a great
0: play call. That was beautiful, and I saw your tweet. Uh, you know, props to Zeke Carell for motoring down the field on that, uh, on that screenplay, uh, man, he was, he was moving, um, you know, in, uh, you know, and just looking for somebody to hit in, in space. Um, so I love that play call. Um, yeah, I, overall, I, I the people who Reese for, you know, for, for his performance yesterday are the people that are going to bash him no matter what he does, because they just don't like him and they never have, and they probably never will until, <laughs> Uh, you know, until we, you know, he produces a Heisman winning quarterback and then, you know, they'll probably say something like, well, that guy just won the Heisman, you know, in spite of his coach. But, um, overall I thought he was, uh, I thought he was pretty solid in, uh, you know, with, with his game plan, first drive was great. The fourth and one call I loved, I loved the play call that they dialed up. Obviously it worked cause it got Mayer wide open for the, you know, for the touchdown, um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I think the offensively, I saw enough, uh, last night to have some hope that this team is going to be, is going to be capable of, uh, you know, putting up some points because again, think of, you know, last year's again, last year's open or different because, you know, the weird off season, but I mean, Duke is not a great team and we were playing at home and what we score 20 on Duke 27, I believe 27. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's not a, that's like a. I remember being like, "Okay, it's uh it's something." Um, you know. And then 2019, what was the final? I, gotta, I should have looked this up. 30 something, again, high 30s against uh Louisville. Or maybe uh 35. 35. Yeah. All right, so I mean, you look at that, uh 2018 was the Michigan game. I think that was off the top of my head. I want to say 24. Um, yes. So, there you go. You know, um, you know the in terms of openers, it's a it's a pretty solid offensive performance relative to our current or you know to our recent history, and and also this was on the road at night, so offensively, like I said, I think there's a lot there to be optimistic about, assuming the offensive line continues to get better, which again I think we all expect the offensive line to continue to get better, but uh, and expected it to to start slow. Um, uh, but uh, ooh, did you have something to add there?
1: No, I, well, I was going to say, you know, you, you mentioned the cone thing. Um, you like, you kind of made a, a reference to the fact that Wisconsin kind of moved on yeah. and I think it's a, uh, it's a lesson for, for us, you know, Wisconsin did the thing that, mm. that we that a lot of Notre Dame fans wanted, which is they got rid of the quote-unquote low-ceiling, boring guy. Yeah. and In favor of the the top 100 recruit. And I got to tell you, the grass is not always greener, my friends. It is not. You got to be careful. You know, if you have a proven winner, a guy who wins games for you, you just don't throw that away. So – that's what I have to say about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is I, I did, I couldn't help myself. I, was, I did try to see what, uh, what Wisconsin fans were saying on Twitter today. And it w- I was actually shocked to see most were actually like, oh, you know, good for Jack Cohn, but, uh, you know, there was no place for him to start here. And I was like, really? There's no, like, I mean, are you sure? Are you sure there's no there was no there was no room for him there? Um, And they just kind of seem so bought in uh, to um, uh, to Mertz and just like, oh yeah, you know that's cool. Our old quarterback put up three sixty six and four touchdowns on the road at Florida State. (laughs) Good for him. I was like, I was shocked. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, you imagine? um, Can you imagine say? I don't know. What would the reverse of this be? You know, if uh, I don't know, next year, uh, you know, say hypothetical hypothetical here. You imagine like if uh, if Drew Pine were to transfer because we anointed Buckner without like, uh, you know, for whatever reason, right, without maybe there being the full competition because you're just like Buckner's the guy. And then Pine, you know, lights it up and Buckner struggles. Could you imagine Notre Dame Twitter? Being that level-headed, and no, uh,
1: it, it would have to be. It would. It would. It, what it would have been is if Ian got replaced in 2019. All right. And then, or like if if Ian had 2019 happen, broke his foot, and then we went to Dracovic in 2020, <laughs> and we went like four and five or whatever and then and then the next season it's like well he had covid and all that stuff and then the next season you open with a loss and then ian book transfers to like i don't know florida state and, and then florida state like beats
0: a big team
1: it, it, it was just be like <laughs> like, and, it would be so awful like it would oh, just be man. so
0: terrible we'd I'd have to delete twitter um, yeah
1: it would be like well, man i guess we i guess we made a boo-boo yeah
0: but they're so. not saying that for the most part at least from i mean again i didn't i didn't spend hours doing this i just did a few searches just to kind of to, to get the uh the sentiment i'm like, sure oh. there's
1: a i'm sure there was a wisconsin I'm sure there's some. board somewhere that's on fire yeah. right now
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there are there are some, but it was it, it, it surprised me that I couldn't find it just just right 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 away. But uh, hey, man, you know what? We talked a lot about that point spread and how surprised we were. Man, what did we learn again? Vegas is always right. They always are right. It's, it's eh, insane. It's in
1: Vegas. They don't know. They, 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 it was 38 to 20. Okay, Vegas was wrong. All right, just because you know who be- would
0: beg to differ with you. Anybody who put money on Notre Dame, they would say that Vegas listen, was right.
1: Listen, <laughs> listen, okay. Vegas was was on track to be wrong until the refs started cheating, and then and then things got <laughs> oh haywire. <sighs>
0: Running into the kicker. Give uh, me a was, break. That was that was pretty bad. Give oh, me a break. I loved seeing Kelly freak out about that though. So. Speaking of Kelly, man, I, I don't know. So I, I did see something, some sentiments of, you know, people saying, like, I don't know, that like Kelly was kind of like, oh, yeah, great game at the end. I, I didn't get that sense from him in his postgame comments, to be honest. I get I got the sense, you know, from some of the things that he said, he did not expect to have to go to overtime to beat Florida State. Yeah. I got the sense. You know, watching him, and some of the things you know that he said that he thought they were going to do a little bit better than 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 they did. And I think he, you know he like us thought you know the thirty eight twenty route was where um, you know it was more along the lines of what uh, what would happen, because I mean, he came out, and I mean, the first words out of his mouth were, yeah, obviously we got a lot of work to do, or something. You know, paraphrasing, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit, but those were like the first things that he said. And um, you know, for as much as he, you know, you know, uh, goes with the winning is hard routine and and all that in you know his press conferences, uh, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't get the I, again. I didn't get the sense of a coach that was very satisfied with uh you know with with with, with what he saw. So. I hope that again, hope that carries over, you know, into practice, uh, into practice this week because um, they do, they do have a lot of a lot of work to do. they got a lot of time to do it though too, and you got some games to you know to do it. And if nothing else, I mean, again, it's week one, but I mean, there were not a whole lot of teams on on Notre Dame's schedule that looked. Uh, you know, as good as people were expecting them to. Many of them looked a lot worse than people were expecting them to, with a few exceptions, you know, kind of here and there. But, um, I mean, North Carolina, Wisconsin, they both looked not good. Uh, You know, uh, Stanford looked terrible. Navy looked terrible. Uh, So I think this is, we talked about the schedule being weird, but, you know, usually when you have a weird schedule like that, what's probably going to happen is like, yeah, maybe maybe Virginia Tech is actually good <laughs> since they did beat North Carolina. So maybe maybe that'll be the game that you know does end up being tougher than we than we thought. And some of these other ones look easier. But I don't know. Overall, uh not obviously the, the opener at all that I was that any of us were you know, we're were hoping for. Um, uh, especially when you go up eighteen. But a win—I don't even want to say a win is a win. It sounds too cliche. Um, but um, you know, actually, we haven't talked about Jonathan Dor. How about how about that kid last night after nah. struggling uh, a lot last year? Um, good you know? Jonathan
1: Dor. What's that? It's good Jonathan Dor. So there's good Jonathan and there's yeah. bad Jonathan.
0: And it's like and, every other year. And it's, we got the good 30s. one.
1: Look, yeah. he has won. He won us the game. Um, he won us the USC game. In 2019, where he he made a bunch of big kicks and then yeah. he won. He won us uh, the Clemson game last year. You know, he made four. Yeah. Four kicks. Um, well, from distance, too. Yeah. So there's that. Um, and then he literally won this game for us. So, yeah. you know, man, when that kid when that kid is on and he's got that smooth draw working, it's just yeah. if it, it feels like, man, he's 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 never missing the center. Yeah. and then other times it's like is it gonna are, are we gonna keep it in the stadium kind of thing like, <laughs> like, like 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 and then another one it's like you have a 30 yarder from straight on and it's like you push it you know almost like out of bounds on
0: the right side so it, you know
1: when it's good jonathan man it's real good
0: it, and it was it was real good last night um Or Saturday night, since most of you will be listening to this. Or sorry, Sunday night. Sunday night. Yeah. Most of you will be listening to this. uh, Hopefully on Tuesday, assuming I get this all edited tomorrow morning. Yeah. Get it. Get it live. But uh, yeah, man, and that was that was good to see because that good Jonathan opens up the playbook, you know, from the 35 yard line in so much, and we saw it. We saw it last night. Tommy Reese wasn't afraid to go, you know. Go deep to Kevin Austin on third and one. Yeah. Uh, you know once they once they started to get down there, and if you yeah if you know that your field goal kicker is going to yeah you know, I don't want to say be automatic but if you know that uh, you know that 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 he's going to make it most likely um, you know it gives you a whole lot of options and when you have the weapons that Notre Dame has hey that's uh that's a good uh, good position to be in. But one thing, actually, too, because speaking of, of weapons, it did surprise me is man, it was a quiet, quiet night for both Avery Davis and Lawrence Keys. And I was a little surprised at that. Um, I thought we would I thought one of them would at least get into the action, you know, a little, you know, a, a little more. Uh, but I mean I mean Cone did distribute the ball you know, relatively, you know, re- rel- relatively well. And 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 you know, you can only again, you can only feed so many receivers. But was surprised to see, uh, you know, such a such a quiet night from uh, from the two of them uh, after kind of everything we heard over the summer and had seen even in the uh, in the spring game.
1: It 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 was quiet. It, it kind of makes me. um. It, can, it, it almost kind of heartens me, actually, because we threw for so many yards without using the slot.
0: Yeah, good
1: point. So. It, to me, there's like so much meat on the bone, like especially with like there's meat on the Kevin Austin bone, like that is, you know, I, I I think Cone is going to, cause I just when I'm watching it back, um, there there were a couple times where it's like he's looking to Mayor immediately and for good reason. It's not like it's bad, but I think Cone's going to watch the tape and be like, when I, mean, I got some stuff with Kevin, I can go to him a little bit more, um. And and I think the same thing with Lindsay too. I, I just think there's oh, yeah. a lot there to be tapped into. Um, so I, I, I'm not. I, I mean, I guess I kind of feel bad for those guys and they didn't get targeted at all. But there's plays to be made, and I think they they are capable of you know making those plays. So um, that's something that I. It's like I. I think people think of it or could think of it in a way that's like, it's like, oh, you know, we, we, do we have good slots? It's like, no, actually, I think we do have good slots. It's just like game one, I, I want to go to Mayor and I want to go to Austin and that sort of thing. So, yeah. um and obviously, like Kyron did some good stuff in the passing game too, so.
0: Yep. Yeah. You know what they have set up? or I thought they were setting it up. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, Sunday night, and then didn't use it. They did a lot of motion with some of the receivers, uh, where it looked like you know one of those either little like jet sweeps or pop passes, you know, was coming, and then we never saw it. Uh, So I think we, you know, we're gonna we're gonna see that, and we know, you know, uh, that uh, that Lindsay, you know, in particular, is uh, you know, is uh, is dangerous on uh, on those. Just ask uh, Clay Elton and uh, and USC. They got a front row seat to what he can do when he gets just a little bit of space um, and has the angle. So I think we're going to see, you know, more of, uh, you know, more of that. It's funny is we saw a lot of that that kind of stuff in that, uh, what was it, New Mexico uh, game in in 2019 after the the opener against Louisville where the offense – you know, had had some growing pains, too. So it wouldn't surprise me if we saw that this weekend, you know, against uh, against Toledo, because, you know, short week, short turnaround, you know, those kind of things tend to be uh, tend t- tend to be nice plays that you could just go to, um, you know, again, against a team that just isn't going to have too many people that could keep up with, uh, you know, with a Braden Lindsay. Or mm-hmm. a uh, even a keys, you know, on uh, you know on, on on one of those. So we'll see. But uh, I would be excited. Uh, I'm ex- uh, excited to see you know get some of the other receivers still get uh, still get involved. Um, and yeah, would love to see would love to see you know Mr. Austin get uh, get fed the ball, you know even uh, e- even more because he's gonna be open. Um, and I mean I think that like I said that little move that he put on that little juke move. That was, I was like, okay, okay, that's what you know what he's what he's capable of doing, uh, you know, in the open field, one on one. I'm even more excited because I didn't necessarily know that that was you know a, a big going to be a big part of his game. I thought he's going to be you know more get open chain mover, uh you know type you know type receiver who does get open you know downfield, but uh, seeing him make that little that little shimmy was uh, w- w- was nice because man that was. Uh, that 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 defensive back was on some skates, you know, for uh, you know for 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 a little bit there. But um, I'm trying to think, anything else sticks out at you uh, or stuck out at you from uh, you know from this one that uh, we haven't uh, we haven't dug dug too deep into. We haven't really talked about the linebackers, which we did feel the loss of Marist. I think last night more so than I thought. Uh, Bertrand played great, but um, yeah, I mean, he looked a little. Looked a little like a guy starting, you know, for the first time. Um, and then we lost Paul Moala, who uh, Kelly announced on uh, on Monday is out for the year, which is a big loss. So that linebacker room that was looking really deep in August is, uh, you know, took two hits, uh, you know, two hits already between Marist and uh, and Moala. So. That was uh, obviously, you know, obviously uh, not, uh, not too ideal, but um, I don't know. What'd you think out of the, uh, out of the backers?
1: Um, you're right. I, I Mar- losing Maris is just, it's tough because he, he works especially in a game like this with a quarterback that can run. I mean, yeah. he's the best athlete out of all of them. Um, yeah. So that just, it kills you, you know, and yeah. it's, and it put like it forces Bertrand to play so many snaps, like, I think one thing, just seeing him out there, he's just not very big. So it just yeah. over time, he just kind of. I think it just gets worn down a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I think we saw that in the fourth quarter too. Like he just, I think him and White just kind of broke down there. Um, and, and you know, Simon again just didn't. He didn't. It wasn't a great game for him. Um, now
0: well, then, Simon got hurt. Sherman had a shoulder injury. That all oh, uh, right. They were getting, uh, it was going to get looked at, uh, supposed to get looked at today. One thing Brian Kelly said on uh, on Monday that I thought was interesting was that they were going to move, uh, you know, Prince Kali to Will, yeah. uh, freshman uh, Butkus Award winner in, in high school last year, who, you know, was kind of penciled in as the heir apparent, uh, you know, to uh, Owusu Koromoa at Rover eventually. What did he say? An acceleration of trust? Is that yes. what he said? He, yes. I like that. An acceleration of trust, um, <laughs> but hey, I mean, I think you know we, we saw that they're gonna probably need a little bit more athleticism at times, so makes sense. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, it's not uh, not a sign of uh, you know what uh, what else kind of or, or the rest of the depth in the uh, you know in the linebacker room. But yeah, for uh, for a squad where uh, you know Kelly opened up the spring talking about you know how deep they are and how they're gonna get all these linebackers on the field again. Not not a great uh, not a great start to the season to be down two uh, you know two for the season in you uh, know after you know coming out of week one. So again, that'll be that's gonna be something you know something to watch. Um, And hopefully Freeman adjusts uh, because, like I said, that was one thing we didn't necessarily see that much. We saw his initial game plan work. And -hmm. then when his his uh, his unneeded adjustment backfired, you know, on him. So um, we'll see. Kelly said something interesting about uh, Freeman specifically as well. Um, Now I can't I think it was last night in um, right after the game. Where, you know, he was asked, what did you what do you think, you know, for Marcus Freeman needs to do, you know, coming out of this after, you know, after one game? And Kelly said, you know, he's, you know, now that he's seen it, you know, he's got to you know his personnel better and know what, you know, what they can and, you know, I can't do, which to me sounds like a head coach saying maybe Marcus Freeman, you know, had some guys playing out of position a little bit. Um, And I saw some of the tweets again this afternoon, maybe this evening um, between I think you had some the guys at 18 stripes had some of just some really weird alignments. Um, Yeah, with like Justin Adamiola dropping into coverage and Shane Simon basically playing. I think it was your tweet. There was one play where Simon was basically playing like more of like a deep, not even a deep safety, but just more of like a. A defensive back position versus, uh, you know, versus, uh, you know, linebacker. So, um, we we'll, it'll be again interesting to see what uh, what, uh, what what Freeman does there. Yeah, we haven't talked about Kyle yet. Oh yes. Well, I mean, we talked about the interception in referring to it as one of the most ridiculous plays either of us have ever seen, but. I'll let you. You 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 start and if there's anything left for me to add, I'll I will try to.
1: Can you think of a better play by a Notre Dame defender in your lifetime?
0: Than that interception? Yeah. Like better in terms of you you just mean like athletically you know a play that you look at and you go like, wow, one other human on the planet might be able to make it? Yeah. No, I can't. Yeah, there's none.
1: Um, No, I mean, obviously
0: there's bigger plays in terms of like, you know, significance, uh, you know, things like that. But I mean, no, I can't, you know, none, 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 because there's so few people in the world that could do that, like ever. I think I tweeted at it and I was like, or did I write it? I forget where I was like, that was the greatest interception I ever saw. It was the greatest interception you ever saw. And it was the greatest interception everybody on the field ever saw. Um, and the, what makes it, I think or like more, even more impressive is it didn't look that hard for him. Right. I mean, you watch the play and you're just like, you see him tracking it and you're like, he's, he's going to get it. And then you watch it again, and you realize how much ground he covers, and you're like, "Holy cow, um, that was that was insane." And I thought it was funny that Kelly today said, "You know what? I'd have taken my helmet off too if I came up with that."
1: So, the the reason he takes his helmet off is because, you know how in the Matrix about you know Neo, it's like he's starting to believe that he's the one, right? <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> and th- so I was listening to Kyle's interview after the game he did with the the media, yeah. and they asked him about the play, and he's like, "I didn't, I didn't know if I was gonna be able to get there." And while it's happening, I bet you when when the quarterback throws it, he's thinking, "I can't get, I'm not gonna make it," because it's it's he has so far to go. I mean, he knows where he is, right? He knows he's on the hash and he knows the guys on the sideline and he's got, he, he's thinking in his mind, I don't know if I can get there and he's running, he's running, he's running. And then he dives. And as soon as he catches it and lands, he's thinking to himself, I am, I am like the one I am. (laughs) I am awesome. Like he is thinking that to himself. And so he's taking off the helmet. Like, I am Muhammad Ali. Like I am the Michael Jordan of football. I am the best, baddest mother effer any of you have ever seen. <laughs> I am going to take off my helmet on the opposing team's bench and stare down the crowd. That's like that is he believes now like he I am I can actually like will this team to victory. That is it's just a play. He knows he knows no one's ever made a play like that. He knows it.
0: It was ridiculous. Uh, it was just what's funny too, like the announcers didn't seem to make that big a deal of it. And then all of a sudden on Twitter, I start seeing all of the draft experts like posting it saying, like, my God, how do like, you like that's that? impossible? Yeah, that no, is... I think
1: McElroy, if you listen to him, he is trying to impress on people. Like, cause to me when I when the play happens, right? I see him coming. I see him coming, but it's like I don't. I don't see where he started. Yeah. So you see him make the diving pick, and it's like incredible. Like he diving pick. Then they show the overhead, and they show he started on the opposite hash, and I am
0: beside myself. Like holy! Did you get in trouble? Like did you did you yell? Like what what what? Take us inside you know the uh the the, the take, take us inside your home as that play as that replay uh, comes on the comes on the screen
1: well so i was i was home with the kids by myself
0: so uh, i was
1: okay. so the kids were watching a show and i was watching on the computer i was quiet cuz i didn't want to scare the kids you know i i don't want to i'm not going to be all cursy cursy guy so i I saw it. I, I might have said something. I, I It wasn't very loud, but when the replay came on, I was like, oh my God. Because it's like, you know what's going to happen, but it can't happen. Yeah. It can't happen from there. And then it does. It's just, wow. I mean, it's, it's just like a play. I, I, I think it was on this pod. I think it was on our pod where I was like, you have to let Kyle just do things. You have to let him just make plays that that no one is scheming for. No one like that's not in the scheme for him to be there. He's coming over and he sees the back breaking away, and the guy covering the back is Justin Adamalola. He just has no chance against this guy going up the sideline. Oh yeah. And, and he sees him and he says, I'm going to, I'm going to go take care of it. And he goes to te- no, like Jordan Travis is like, you said, he's, he doesn't understand what just happened. No. How did he, I he thinks he's throwing a touchdown pass and instead it's an interception and yeah. he doesn't understand like, where did he come from? Yeah. What there's, he, he wasn't, he wasn't in the middle of the field. I'm not supposed to have to worry about him. And there he is on our sideline with his helmet off, staring at the fans. And and, and that's a play that – F- Freeman did not scheme for that. Florida State cannot scheme against it, right? right? Like you are actually throwing away from him. He intercepted a ball where you're literally throwing the opposite side that he is on, and, and he still got there. That is a play that you – it just like that's you can't no one sees it
0: coming. No, how could you? Nobody. It's it was right.
1: no, no. It's not in the game plan. It's no. not in the scheme. No, no one, no one is planning for it. It's just freaking magical.
0: It was yes. That was that's the best way to describe it. No. I will say. Oh good. No, that's not, I'm just agreeing. Yeah. One thing I was say is one the the one like aspect of Kyle last night um that made me that that I I think I again I can't remember if I tweeted this or wrote it but I mean he was like the eraser in the defense last night um and like that game turned because of him yes and his and his two interceptions and it was you know it it was if it was a um <laughs> if it was the SATs the analogy would be you know last night at least You know, Kyle Hamilton is to Marcus Freeman what, you know, Jalen Smith was to Van Goiter those in in 2015, where it was like, hey, I need you to erase this stuff. And, you know, hopefully the difference will be that that's not going to be needed every week, um, because if it is, that's a problem. But um, it needs to be the point where, you know, it's in addition to all the everybody else also. You know, providing, uh, you know, providing those plays because without those, I mean, think of how different of a ball game we have without those two, you know, those two plays like Notre Dame could have lost like easily, you know, in regulation because without those two interceptions, you know, yeah, if he doesn't get there, that could be a touchdown because I mean, granted, the guy had the back had to slow down a little bit. But again, he was gonna have one person that he's gonna that he's gonna have to outrace. Um, if 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 Hamilton dives for that, misses it, and it's a and it's a completion. Um, so again, much 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 different game, you know, without those without those two plays. But that's why he's an All American. That's why yeah. he. Um, that's why he is going to be a top five pick, if not you know higher.
1: That's why you want dudes. <laughs>
0: Exactly. What just, I
1: mean. That's what they do. Like, that's just, they, we have Kyle and they don't. And yeah. so that's just the way it goes.
0: So he's on pace now for 24 interceptions this year. 24. Great. Picks. 24.
1: And if, when they go win the national title, 28 picks. <laughs> it's,
0: just, it's just unbelievable. We're back there. We're back there. <laughs> we started with you saying that I saw Van Goiter-esque defense. We're back to 14 and 0 national championship. Heisman trophy. For for Kyle Hamilton, um, and that's that's the storybook right there. That's yeah. uh, that's, uh, no, I, I will say, well, the last thing that we we talk about before we wrap this one up, did anything you see, anything anything you see, anything you saw last night change your outlook or your expectations, you know, for this season in any way?
1: Um. No, just because I, I there a the bunch of other teams on the schedule also didn't look like didn't really impress me. Yeah. Um. So no. I mean, yeah. I think I think if I think if the defense and Freeman were as bad as we are thinking or whatever, like they would have been that way the whole game, and they weren't. Yeah. You know, I think it was just a strategic decision that was the wrong one. And then they just got caught in a situation where they had a bunch of guys who were out there for too long. They got tired, and you know they just had to hang in there. Um, They got
0: uh, they got caught in quicksand, as Keanu Reeves told us in uh, in the movie The Replacements. That's right. (laughs) Shane Footsteps Falco uh, told us uh, you know taught 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 us that, but um, that is kind of what seemed like it happened. Is like once they got in, it was just like, oh, we're stuck. We can't get out of this. Um, luckily, uh, you know, despite the ACC uh, replay booth uh, and officials, you know, you know, best efforts. Despite them, uh, you know, Notre Dame was still able to to prevail. Speaking of the one thing we didn't talk about was the fumble on the kickoff, because we talked about all the other terrible things from the from the officials. Which I mean, maybe we give them the benefit of the doubt, and we say you know they had angles that we didn't see on TV but i'm still waiting to see an angle that that definitively shows knee down ball not out which if you're going to go by the law, by the by the letter of the of the of the rule you need indisputable video evidence i didn't i didn't see indisputable video evidence i saw a, in my mind you know you look at that and you're saying like that ball's probably not out until he's down, but you don't you say see probably it. exactly. You say, I'm going to conclude. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to guess that that's, that that ball is out or that ball's not out just based on, you know, how he lands and where the ball then pops up. But you don't know if that ball is moving at all, like in his arm. And the, that one replay where they're like, there's the tip of the ball, tip of the ball and uh knee down. That's it. And I was like, I'm sorry. Now you just need to see the tip of the ball. What if the rest of the ball is not in his possession at that time or the ball is moving? Um, the
1: ball is moving. Right. And, and and the thing is, is like we're letter of the law and everything else except for that.
0: Yeah, exactly. And which. So, yeah, and ridiculous. Um, everything
1: else is letter of the law. Right. Oh, the the, the leg. Oh, because the, the guy said he kicked the he on the punter. He kicked the he hit the the kicking leg and not the plant leg and that's the one that causes the roughing. He got both, and it's like he did get both for one. And second of all, like oh, so we're we're following the letter of the law on this. Okay, interesting how we're yeah. following the letter of the law on that. And then yeah. on the fumble at the end, like. Oh, his his arm is moving forward, and even though he's trying to bring it back in, and he's actually like fumbling because his opposite hand is going back on the ball, even though that's what's happening. Letter of the law says the arm's moving forward, therefore it's a forward pass. Okay, so that's it's letter a of the law.
0: To Where too two, two centimeters in front of him. Right, right. So he should have it, been grounding.
1: Right, it's an incomplete pass then, right? So that, letter of the law though, Frank. Letter of the law. Letter but when of the it law. comes to the replay, we're gonna go with probably.
0: I okay. saw somebody somebody say uh, people Florida State fans were like, oh, well, even, you know, if it's an in, it's incomplete pass, you can't be intentional grounding because it wasn't intentional. Like the the the, the, the incompletion was not ten, intentional. I was like, you are you are stretching like there is the if, if that's the case, then you could just like accidentally you, you pretend I, I didn't want to throw that. So don't throw the flag on me because I didn't want to do it. Um and it only fell incomplete a foot in front of me because I dropped the ball. No, that was you can't have both both scenarios. It's there. not like he was getting hit. No, no. So what's he doing? Exactly. And you know, it's funny that we, it's no secret that the ACC like wants Notre Dame in as a full time member, but like they have an awfully odd way of showing it in you know in these games. Um, unless their thought is like we're just gonna like you know, have all these bad calls against Notre Dame every time they're on the road, you know, against... A, and it's an ACC opponent, so they're like, all right, we can't deal with this anymore. We're going you know, uh, to, uh, you know, we're going to... You know, we're just going to join. It's like the equivalent of, like, ah! You know, the, the kid at recess, you know, who likes the girl, so he's going to, like, you know, you know, pull on her pigtails or something like that to get her <laughs> attention. Like, that's what the ACC is, like, doing with this nonsense. Um, but um, it is, I thought... They also liked Kelly's comment last night when he joked that uh, Jack Swarbrick pays all of his fines when he when he complains about the uh, the referees. But I mean, it was just I mean, referees are bad everywhere. But come on. like, Come on. Anyway. All right, man, I think we have we've exhausted all topics. Um, And if we haven't, it's almost too bad because we've exhausted me. Uh, cause it's 1230 local and I have work in the morning. So, <laughs> uh, we're probably going to need to, uh, to cut this one, uh, here, but, uh, yeah, I don't know, man, any, any parting shots you want to, you want to bestow upon our listeners as we, uh, you know, we move to, uh, to, uh, to the second game of the season.
1: Just, uh, remember this game is on Peacock, so
0: oh, yeah, you can get, um, the service
1: on Peacock if you uh if you use the promo code uh I think it's Notre Dame football. Oh, really? Notre Dame, something like that. You can I get you can get um check it. It's on the website. They'll tell you okay. what to write, but it's it's Notre Dame. Um, the, I think it's promo code Notre Dame, and you get basically three months of Peacock for seven fifty.
0: Okay. All right. Well, here's so. what I will do. We will we'll have a post this week. We'll do it um, so that everybody is fully aware of how to watch this one. Um, hopefully, you know, you see about. Uh, I was going to say about 400 yards from Cone this week, but I got a feeling they're going to try to work on the run game, um, and hopefully, it's not at the detriment of the of the passing game. But um, I do think we'll uh, we'll see a little bit better. We'll see more than 65 yards rushing. Uh, you know, this week, it wouldn't surprise me if we saw that eclipsed with one single run from either, you know, Kyron or Chris Tyree, mm. but, um, all right, everybody. Thanks for, uh, you know, thanks for listening here. Uh, we're going to, I think we're going to try to do another prod before the next game. If I am not mistaken, correct, Greg? Uh, yes, I think we're so. We're going to attempt to, we're going to attempt to, but, uh, so it'll be on the, uh, be on the lookout for that. Keep the faith. It was not a great opener. We know that, um, but uh, it could be worse. We could be zero one right now, and uh, you know we could be uh, we we could be staring down uh, staring down the, uh, the the barrel of a uh, of a not uh, you know uh, of a not great uh, you know looking uh, looking schedule. Had you know North Carolina and some of the other teams that looked you know just as terrible um, <laughs> if they had looked. Uh, a little bit better. So still a lot to look forward to, uh, you know, this season, uh, you know, and it's going to be, uh, it's actually a quick turnaround for, uh, you know, for us to, uh, to get to see the Irish again. So small benefit of the Sunday night game is one less day to wait, uh, you know, for us in between, uh, in between Notre Dame games, as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in, do all the subscribing, you know, uh, you know, to, uh, to the podcast and all of the different, uh, all the different places no reviews this week guys so you know pour some of those in for us you know let us know again uh, you know what uh, you know what you're thinking and we will we'll, uh, we'll talk to you all again in a few days here go irish